Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from Genesis chapter 40. Some time after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed. The cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, Why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, We have had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly, when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. This is the word of the Lord. Now, this is a familiar enough text taught in Sunday school to our children, and one that we've likely taught them and talked about with them before. So I invite you to, as you do with many familiar texts, let your children tell the story to you. Let them share it with you first, and then read the text together. So today's chapter is going to be about when Joseph is in prison with the cupbearer and the baker of Pharaoh, and they have dreams. Can you tell me what happened? What did they do? What did Joseph do? And let them tell you that story, and then read the scripture together, 
so that you can build upon what they know. If you need to correct, correct gently. Um, as you read the text, you know, point it out. Oh, this is what he said. This is what happened. Um, but it, if they haven't been correct, you're just looking to build on that foundation. The benefit also, though, is you're getting them used to using God's word to tell his story. And this is what we're called to do as Christians, to use all of God's word to teach others about who Jesus is and what he's done for us, the hope that we have with gentleness and respect, as Peter says in 1 Peter 3. So after this, sometime, brings up the idea from chapter 39 that he has been cast into the prison. We don't know the length of time. It's not the stress of the text. So 40 verse 1, sometime after this, 40 verse 4, they continued in custody for some time, and so forth. The picture is of the interpretation that Joseph, because God is with him, can even interpret dreams. And that's of value to Pharaoh. We'll come back to that. For now, though, it begins with this idea that of his 13 years of slavery in Egypt, some of it in Potiphar's house, some of it in Potiphar's prison, we're now in that second part of the batch, but we don't know how long. But he is joined by two of Pharaoh's servants. They are cast into the prison together with him because they've committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. Another title, multiple titles, I guess, there for Pharaoh. It seems, I mean, it's singular, an offense. So it seems like they must have been in on this together, that they worked together to do something wrong. We don't know that for sure, though. And so Pharaoh gets angry with them both, casts them into prison. I will point out they're both chief of their tasks, chief cupbearer, chief baker. A cupbearer's role in much of the ancient world was not only to hand the cup to the king as though the king is lazy, although that often does happen anyway. The thing also, though, had to do with being a taste tester. The servant would drink first, and if the cup had been poisoned, well, the servant would end up dead and not the king, or gravely sick and not the king. This pharaoh is so wealthy, he has not just one cupbearer, but numerous. And so here's the head of the cupbearers, and also the same can be said of the baker. Whether the baker did taste testing or not, don't know, but may have been a similar situation there as well. He puts them into the house of the captain of the guard. This could be another spot to pause and just ask your children, who was the captain of Pharaoh's guard? It's a man we've met in chapter 37 and 39. Potiphar is called the captain of Pharaoh's guard. So here, as one of the royal officials, Potiphar, who is the captain of the guard, so a military man, he's also over the prison. The prison is in his home, that is his care, his household. And Joseph is there from where he cast him before. So Potiphar, the captain of the guard, appoints the chief cupbearer and the chief baker into Joseph's care, and he cares for them for some time. In other words, it's not brief. We're not talking about two days, but a little bit lengthier. And then at one point, they both have a dream. Different dreams, and they'll have different interpretations. And as Joseph arrives that, that next morning, he sees them looking glum, troubled, bothered. And his question, why are your faces downcast today? That's fairly literal, right? That they're looking at the ground, 
instead of being able to look up in a better mood, they're looking down of sadness, sorrow. Staring at the ground because they can't even, they're in such a bad mood, they can't even bring themselves to look eye to eye with those who talk to them. They recognize that they've had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. In the ancient world, dreams were often seen as having much more value than we think of today. It was often believed that the various gods of the cosmos would use dreams to communicate with people. Now, we know there's only one God, and in fact, he did actually use dreams to communicate with people, and he's the one behind these dreams here to communicate with these two men for his own purpose of eventually lifting up Joseph within Pharaoh's house. But again, the ancient world put a lot of stock into their dreams, and having been royal court officials, they would have been used to being with the magicians and other men who, if they had had a dream normally, they could have just shared it, and the magicians may have been able to interpret it for them. It's a practice, a skill that the king wanted in his court in case the gods were trying to warn him of something or tell him of something good that was coming. He wanted to know these things. And so even an official might be given such a dream. So the importance of interpreting any dream in the court. Joseph is rightly going to say interpretations belong to God. Not as strong here as it is elsewhere in scripture, like where Daniel will speak and call God a revealer of mysteries, that only God alone is able to interpret dreams. Joseph here says it pretty bluntly and easily. Do not interpretations belong to God? The rhetorical question assuming the answer to be yes. Yes, they do. So, Cupbearer shares his dream first. Uh, a vine that has three branches, that buds, shoots blossoms, turns into grapes. He then squishes the grapes into a cup, puts the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Now, this has a little parallel in the Old Testament to Numbers chapter 17. To Aaron, the brother of Moses. That when there's some contention over who should be leading God's people, who should be serving as priest, that Aaron and all the other heads of the tribes have to put their staff before the tabernacle of God overnight. And when they come back in the morning, the man whom God has chosen, the tribe whom God has chosen, he will have made his staff bud. Now we remember a staff is a piece of dead wood. When they come back in the morning, Aaron's staff not only has budded, it flowered and produced almonds overnight as well. God picked Aaron and the Levites to be his priestly tribe. Now, as we look at this, there's just a nice connection, but there's certainly different meanings to those two things. So Joseph gives the interpretation, three branches, three days. It's going to be the same for the baker here in a moment. Three baskets, three days. That Pharaoh will lift up your head positively and restore you to your office. And he'll, as cupbearer, do what he used to do for Pharaoh. Joseph then asks that he remember him. Only remember me. So when you're restored to your position, tell Pharaoh about me. He, he seeks pardon because he's been cast wrongly into the prison when he has done nothing wrong. He is seeking Pharaoh's mercy. He does make a connection here back to the account of chapter 37 with his brothers. I've done nothing that they should put me into the pit. That's the language that was used when his brothers 
cast him into a pit before they sold him into slavery. A cistern is the word you'll find really in the Hebrew text. So a hole in the ground. Now the chief baker realizes how good of an interpretation his friend got, his co-worker, and so he asks if Joseph will interpret his dream also, tells the dream, but it's different. Three baskets on his head, food in the top one, and the birds of the heavens are eating out of that top basket. Joseph interprets his dream for him, again, three baskets, three days, and Pharaoh will lift up your head, although this time, same phrase, but negative meaning. He's going to lift his head from upon him, and he's going to lift him up in, into judgment instead of into mercy. He's going to hang you, and the birds will eat your flesh. There is a picture of the final judgment in this. Matthew chapter 25, that Jesus Christ on the last day will raise all people. Sometimes as Christians, we kind of fall into the trap of thinking that God will only raise the faithful. If you believed in Jesus, he'll raise you from the dead. But that's not what Scripture teaches. On the last day, God will raise all of the dead, and they will all stand before his judgment throne where he will separate them, sheep from the goats, those who are faithful, those who believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. They are raised to life, but those who do not believe, who have rejected Jesus, they are raised to judgment. And so it's a similar idea here, again, maybe a bit of foreshadowing for us, that the same phrase, the resurrection of the dead, can be a good thing, and it also can be a not good thing. For those, again, who believe, the resurrection of the dead is a glorious day. It is what we look forward to. It is where we place our hope, chronologically, I guess you'd say, uh, Jesus' return and his promise that he will fulfill. So the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he makes a feast, invites his servants, all of his court. He brings in the cupbearer and the baker. He lifts them both up for everybody to see, and then he shares mercy with the cupbearer and judgment with the baker. Again, foreshadowing of the picture of the judgment throne of God. None of us deserve pardon from God. None of us deserve to hear, well done, good and faithful servant on the last day, but some of us will by God's mercy. Neither the cupbearer or the baker deserve Pharaoh's mercy. They've both wronged him, perhaps in the same way, if they did indeed do this crime against him together. And yet he shows one mercy and he shows the other judgment. This is, again, a great foreshadowing here for us to the judgment day, but it also it could be just an indication of how Pharaoh was dealing with his own people. That to keep them in chaos, in a way, would keep them under control. That if they don't know in what moment Pharaoh might show mercy to their their sin, and in what moment Pharaoh might come crashing down on them for their sin, there is a fear instilled. There's a recognition Pharaoh can have mercy, but there's still a fear of that judgment. And so it is likely to keep them in line, to keep them from offending Pharaoh in various ways. So the text ends, cupbearer is restored to his position, baker is killed, the cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. 
so Joseph will remain in the prison of Potiphar, captain of the guard, for some time. Let us praise the Lord incarnate, Christ who suffered in our place, Jesus the